When it comes to the Penn State tight end room for the 2023 season, it's going to be extremely competitive. There's going to be a lot of depth and a lot of potential, too. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you with your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. My name is Zach Seiko, your host, and the Penn State tight end room is going to be really, really deep this year. There's going to be a lot of players that can contend for more reps outside of just Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren. Uh, the tight end room is actually one of the better position groups on this Penn State roster. Uh, in the opening segment, we're going to discuss you know, what Penn State's going from, from 2022 now to 2023. Some surprise names who could break out uh, and ultimately be some of the best contributors out of the Penn State tight end room. And then Penn State men's basketball lost to Nebraska 72-63. to I'm really sure where you go from here, but that's why we bring on Penn State men's basketball insider Adam Sheets. He's going to help me just recap the mess that Penn State is in for Micah Shrewsbury and company and see what they can do with uh, eight games remaining and see uh, if they can make a push into the bubble because they are they are far away from it. I will tell you that much. Penn State football, the tight end room. Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren are the first two guys that are going to come to mind, but there are some other names that you definitely need to know about here. But first, what are they going from? In 2022, the tight end room, and, and actually over the past few seasons, Penn State is starting to garner a little attention as far as tight end you. And I would agree with that. I think Penn State, between what Mike Gesicki did back in 2016, what Pat Fryermuth was able to accomplish right after, and then you you didn't really have that all-star one tight end, that superstar, but instead you had a pretty even split of guys that could come in and you say, okay, you're going to get uh, some, you're going to get comfortable performances, you're going to get a solid performance, no matter if it's Brenton Strange. Tyler Warren or Theo Johnson. You're losing Brenton Strange. Brenton Strange uh, became tight end number one. And, and honestly, if you had asked me a year ago going into the 2022 season, I, I was ready to sit down and tell you that Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren were going to take over for Brenton Strange, but some injuries opened things up. And Brenton Strange uh, had the best season of his career at, at Penn State and, and, and reestablished that he was the best tight end out of that group understandable you know he's capitalizing on the best season of his career to go into the nfl draft he played a lot a lot of college football because there were rumors that he was going to come back and he was 50 50 um but why jeopardize the best draft spot that you're going to have at any point in time a healthy theo johnson and tyler warren could take reps away from you why would you want to do that i mean he became mr reliable for sean clifford 32 receptions, 362 yards, five touchdowns. It just when it came down to third and five or or third and, and a little bit a little bit more than manageable, it was Theo Johnson that became that focal point 
and not necessarily a Parker Washington or a Mitchell Tinsley. And that's really saying something. Brenton Strange, uh, a master run blocker, uh, really good in the ground game. Uh, he's going to make a roster. He's going to get drafted. And of course, you know, wish him all the best, right? Uh, but I totally understand where he's coming from and you don't want to see him go, but it makes perfect sense here. And Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren, as I mentioned, were banged up in 2022. That's why you didn't see as much of a rotation and Brenton Strange settled in. But these guys were missing games outright and they were never really 100% down the stretch. Uh, yeah, they got a little more healthy as the season went along. Uh, Minnesota was such a big game for them. I mean, <laughs> Minnesota couldn't stop anybody at the tight end position, but that's besides the point. But you wanted more performances like that and... I think you're going to get them in 2023 from those two particularly and then some other guys. So again, Penn State's tight end room is going to be competitive, which is great. Extremely, they're just going to have a lot of depth. They're going to be extremely deep and there's huge potential. There, there is huge potential, especially with the fact that there's not really a number one target for Drew Aller right now. Is it Keandre Lambert-Smith? Is it Dante Cephas coming in? Is it Malik McLean? Are those guys going to be able to come in, build that chemistry? Or how about the guys that have been with the program for a few years now and are reliable pass catchers, even though they're not wide receivers? So we'll start with Theo Johnson because he's everyone's favorite. He was a 97 overall four-star recruit, according to 24-7 once upon a time, one of the best in the country. And he's the best pass catcher in the room right now and, and might be the best pass catching receiver out of everybody. So-so in run blocking, but... I mean, the receiving touchdowns are, you know, they look prettier on the stat sheet, right? Um, but he he is a, a mediocre run blocker. He just doesn't, he's just not your guy. If you want a lead blocker, we'll get to Tyler Warren in just a second. Um, but this is the best chance for him to finally have a breakout season. And, and Drew Aller needs a Mr. Reliable, and maybe it's Theo. Uh, this will also be Theo's last year at Penn State. He almost declared for the NFL draft. He could have moved on, but uh, barring anything uh, really outlandish, uh, I don't think he'll be back with Penn State, and I think he will declare for the NFL draft. So he's got to make the most of it, and uh, he should push for not only being the number one main tight end, but also being one of the more reliable pass catchers, one of the bigger focal points in the offense. But that brings me to Tyler Warren here, and, and as much as I, I believe in a talented Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren's not that far off. Tyler Warren is the best run blocker in this tight end room. Most trusted hands, and that's not me. That, that's not me saying this. This is Mike Yursich. This is uh, Sean Clifford. This is the way the offense has been built around. They believe in Tyler Warren's ability to catch those 50-50 passes. And just when you need something in crunch time, he was banged up last year. I think I personally believe that Tyler Warren does become one of Drew Aller's favorite targets. Yursich likes Tyler Warren, <laughs> whatever the reason is, because he's a talented player. But Tyler Warren, he was used in the Wildcat packages in, in a variety of different looks uh, when it came to offensive alignments. They put him in single coverage on the boundary. They put him in tight end fades. They put him in one-on-one -on -one slants. You don't do that unless you believe this guy can go win the battle in out, out when he's receiving. So I think Tyler Warren truly takes that next step. Of course, health uh, is a big factor for Theo Johnson or Tyler Warren. But I, I, I do believe that Tyler Warren becomes Drew Aller's favorite target. 
Uh, Khalil Dinkins would be tight end number three in this room. Now, uh, he was someone that just took the most, again, of the opportunity with injuries to Warren and Johnson from a season ago and is now the the true number three in this room. Uh, had the touchdown reception from Drew Aller against Ohio. Uh, he's athletic and, and just somebody that, again, just worked his way up the depth chart. He really wasn't expected to, but but here he is. There's also Jerry Cross, if you remember him. Don't count him out. Red shirt season, four star in the class of 2022, the one of the lone tight end uh, commits and and somebody that could have a breakout in his own right, take a big step forward now that he's had a learning year uh, at Penn State and could potentially, you know, does he have that ability to jump Khalil Dinkins for that number three spot? Now, here's where it gets interesting because Penn State got three commits in the class of 2023 that can all play tight end. Andrew Raplia, Joey Schlaffer, and Matthias Barnwell, Mega Barnwell, as he's going to be called. Uh, but it, hey, this, there's a lot of talent here. Let, let's just begin with that. There is so much talent from those three alone, and and they're freshmen. Raplia is the number three tight end in the class of 2023 in the country. That's according to On Three. Number six according to 24/7 Sports. Flip from Michigan draws comparisons to Pat Fryermuth, so that's a good sign. Uh, and he's expected to push for reps as a freshman. Now, he's not enrolling early, which definitely doesn't help him here, but I, I think that he is somebody who could come on strong down the end of the season, and he might be a guy that does burn his red shirt, but again, not enrolling early, uh, so it, it will be interesting to see what progress he does make. Uh, Joey Schlaffer, right in Pennsylvania. Exeter Township High School, Reading area was the number nine overall tight end in all of the country. So, hey, Penn State uh, got two top tight two top ten tight ends. Uh, not the case. He did move down to number twenty one according to on three, but at one point he was top ten. So I'll, I'll buy the potential here. Uh, six foot six needs to put on some size, two hundred fifteen pounds, but he is enrolled early. He's a four star commit, and he is enrolled early. He's already at Penn State, so he will put on that muscle in the spring ball, which is what you want to do. And then there's Mega Barnwell. Mega Barnwell already six foot six, two fifty. So he's got the size. He's got to get a little leaner uh, if he wants to be a true college tight end. Uh, he's listed as an athlete according to twenty four seven Sports. And I didn't know where to put him a couple months ago because he was projected to play defensive tackle for Penn State. But he was introduced as a tight end on signing day in December. So hey, more the merrier. I'm fine with that. He's enrolled early, so they'll figure out if they want to move him to the defensive line or if they believe that he is an asset in the tight end room. So at the end of this, a lot of talent. There's going to be some good competition. Expect some guys to transfer when all said and done. Yeah, Theo Johnson will be finished at the end at the end of 2023. Uh, you can expect a guy like Tyler Warren to potentially return unless he has the season that I think he can have. Besides the point, but there's going to be a battle there for who's that next group. Khalil Dinkins, Jerry Cross, Raplia, Schlaffer, or Barnwell. And there's you can't have room for five tight ends. And especially when those guys are on the same clock, some people might transfer at the end of the season. It's a good thing that they have this competition. I say let it sort itself out, but I, I'm very excited for the tight end room for Penn State football in 2023. And as Locked on Nittany Lions, something that I haven't really been excited to talk about is Penn State men's basketball. Well, we got to do it here. Bring the information and the analysis to you. The Nittany Lions falling to Nebraska 72 to 63. Adam Sheets helps me on the other side. Today's episode is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. 
That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all in one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every single day. Make sure you check out the brand new show, and that is Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. That is Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And joining me now on the show is Penn State Men's Basketball insider Adam Sheets. Go figure with the... uh, with the Locked On College Basketball promo. Well, we're going to do just that, except it's Penn State College Basketball. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, Adam, to, to say the least here, 72-63 to 63 against Nebraska is not going to get it done. Uh, this was a game that Penn State was favored by five points on the road, uh, and they lost outright. So uh, it's not like this was a close game. Nebraska had it from start to finish. They were up by a good chunk at the end of the uh, first half. And then they just maintain the lead throughout the second half here. So what is your ultimate takeaway from a loss that definitely hurts their tournament chances now? A Penn State just got beat, flat out beat by a team that played better than them today. And it's kind of hard to realize that because Nebraska was banged up in their own right. They were playing some young players, forced to throw some guys in. Obviously, the key to the game was Tomi Naga scoring 30 points, 12-18 shooting, 5-10 from behind the arc. He was unbelievable for them, was shooting the ball like crazy. And that's what hurt Penn State. And now two games in a row, you've seen a guy who you don't really know about. It was Mason Gillis in the Purdue game who yep. shot the lights out for Purdue and now it's Tomi Naga for Nebraska, who was playing really, really well for them. And I think that's kind of the problem. And it goes back to Penn State's ultimate problem. They don't have a true big guy. I thought Kevajai played really well when he was out there today. But that lack of true interior forces so much attention to guard some of the premier big guys in the conference. Derek Walker is really good. Not a lot of people talk about him because he plays for Nebraska. But Derek Walker is a very talented big man in this conference playing at Nebraska. And Penn State game planned heavily to try to take him out out and that was forcing help and Tomi Naga got going and then he was just on fire throughout the entire game so I think that's just the difference right now Penn State got beat I mean we can make excuses Penn State did not play well I think that's one of the key reasons they lost this game but Nebraska played a very good game credit to Fred Hoiberg he had his team ready to go for this game they believed they could win they came out inspired and that's how Nebraska won the game they just outplayed Penn State for 40 minutes Precisely that. I also, uh, Nebraska was very quick to the basketball. I mean, there were times where I was, uh, you know, okay, good. Penn State's swinging the ball. They're they're getting good ball movement, but Nebraska was able to keep up with that. Uh, and something that I wasn't really expecting was good perimeter defense from a Nebraska Cornhusker team of all of all opponents. 
Yeah, I mean, they play great on the perimeter. I think you made a good point. If you watch the first half, Penn State was moving the ball like crazy. Everyone was getting touches, but they had to use all 30 seconds of the shot clock because no one would end up open, or maybe Penn State's overpassing at times. Maybe they pass up an open look, but because the guys who are open aren't the best shooters. There were a couple of times where Kanye Clary might have been the guy open, but he's not a guy who's going to take that three-point shot. So they're moving the ball and not able to get those looks. So credit to Nebraska. They were on top of it. They wanted to limit Penn State's ability to knock down threes, and they did just that outside of Seth Lundy no one had a big day from behind the arc so you know credit to Nebraska they had a game plan they executed it to perfection and their perimeter defense as you said was phenomenal they struggled mightily in the second half in the perimeter in the first matchup in the Bryce Jordan Center it's when Penn State shot 68 percent in the second half against Nebraska and then you saw in this game just completely different Nebraska's defense was locked in from start to finish Penn State made some runs especially in the second half but never able to get over that hump so Nebraska as you said that perimeter defense was phenomenal for the Cornhuskers. Adam Sheets, Penn State Men's Basketball Insider with Penn State Com Radio. I am Zach Seiko, your host of Locked On Nittany Lions as always. Uh, you said Seth Lundy, you know, 24 points, really, really good from three-point range. And uh, I got to say, he's looking more like a, you know, NBA player, at least someone who can get on a roster more and more every single day. Um, I, I know he's got the COVID year and could come back, but he's, I think he's playing his way out of that. Uh, just FYI for any curious fans and Jalen Pickett had 15 Andrew Funk had 14 Adam what I'm getting at is <laughs> there was no there was nobody else else after that it's like Penn State was playing three on five the whole night uh Michael Hen I don't think scored a basket or no he had two points uh mm-hmm. and then uh, on top of that Caleb Dorsey I, I know he only played single digit minutes but he had no points uh Kabajai had three uh Evan Mahaffey had two uh Cam Winter a lot of a lot of cardio uh, in this game, 26 minutes, zero goose egg points. This was the exact same problem we talked about last time. So it's not even the case of, well, Andrew Funk's the wild card here. He's the X factor. Okay. Yes, that's still true. But also the other side of the coin, Penn state does not have a fourth option. It's those three guys. And then everybody else running cardio uh, essentially. And, and that's got to change if they want to make any, if they just want to be competitive, yeah, what's killing them right now is I think it's Miles Dredd's inability to hit shots right now. And he just, you can yeah. tell, he is not confident at all. He had a couple in rhythm ones that he's passing up, and then he's taking some where it's like it looks like he's in rhythm. He just can't find the bottom he's of the over, net. He was 0 for 6 against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, he's getting the looks, and he looks confident. He just can't see one go in. I think once he starts to see a couple go in, that's going to change for him because he's getting good looks, and he still gives them what he needs defensively. You mentioned Cameron Winter. It's confidence with him, too. He's the guy who likes to drive, but it's clogged up right now in the lane. He's made some mistakes trying to make passes for some things that aren't there, and he has not shot the ball well this season. So Cameron Winter's really struggled. As you mentioned, Michael Hen did not play in the second half. Neither did Caleb Dorsey. Coach Shrewsbury went away from that. Credit to Kevin. Jai, he played, as you said, he had three points, but what he did on the glass and playing really active yeah, physical man. basketball, he had a really good game for him. Hopefully that's a trend of what he's going to be able to do for the rest of the season for this team. Uh, but, you know, he played really well and kind of played those guys out with the way he was playing. Evan Mahaffey didn't get into the second half. It's weird. I don't know what's going on with his minutes. I don't know if Caleb Dorsey and Michael Hen's emergence kind of took his minutes away, was given a chance in the second half. Dalian Johnson knocked down some shots for them in this game. Hopefully maybe he 
he can start get going. They just got to find somebody that's going to be able to score yeah. for them. I don't even think Jalen Pickett and Andrew Funk had their best games. Andrew Funk was really bad defensively, nearly got benched in the first half because of that because he was charged with guarding Tomi Naga and allowed him to get going early. So Andrew Funk did not play great. Jalen Pickett was okay, a little inconsistent, tried to kind of force some things at times, but was able to do what he had to do for this team. But Really, Seth Lundy's the only guy you can look at and said he really played well. Everyone else, Jalen Pickett played good. Andrew Funk played okay, but they just have to find somebody that's going to knock down shots for them and open up this offense. Adam Sheets, Penn State men's basketball insider, joining us here on Locked on Nittany Lions. When we come back, we're going to continue to decide Penn State's tournament fate, and it's not looking more good. <laughs> it's not looking any better, folks. Uh, it's getting more in the red. That's coming up next on Locked on Nittany Lions. Today's episode is sponsored by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays not too long ago, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise the taste, then man, I've got the thing just for you. And that's a Built Bar. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, and you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate that's right real chocolate and they come in unbelievably tasty flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and coconut almond i'm not sure how built does it but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros and what's even better is that they are healthy only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein and now you don't need to wait around to get a box for years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab the 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Final segment of Locked on Nittany Lions to start off your Monday. Adam Sheets, special guest here on Locked on Nittany Lions. I am Zach Seiko, your host as always. And let us know in the comments, uh, on the, if you're on YouTube, that if, whether you think Penn State can circle the wagons here when it comes to basketball and make the tournament, or if this is just not the year. And Adam, the past few episodes I've said, and I've been outspoken, I just I just jumped on off the bandwagon. I just said, I can't see how this team becomes an NCAA tournament team. Now, I still stand by what I said. I believe that this team can beat anybody, but I also said, I also think this team can lose to anybody. Mm -hmm. And here we are with the 72 to 63 result against Nebraska. Now, granted, it's on the road in Penn State. Uh, the forte is home. You know, Penn State's not a bad team. They're 14 and nine overall. They're five and seven in conference. I thought this team could be about eighth, ninth, 10th place. That's it's middle of the pack, but we're seeing improvement. Uh, but I also think now a bigger issue that's coming about here for Penn State is that this team cannot play on the road. Uh, yeah, they have that win against Illinois, but you're you're very comfortable at home in, in the Bryce Jordan Center. What happens when you get to the Big Ten tournament? If you were to get to the NCAA tournament, and and you get scared. You get scared to play. I know they're not literally scared, but they get. It looks to me that they're uncomfortable when they're not playing in state college. 
Yeah, they only have two wins away from State College, and that's the win over Furman in the Charleston Classic and Colorado State in the Charleston Classic. They lost to Clemson earlier in the year. They beat Illinois, so there's the true road win they have. Lost in a Palestra in a neutral site game and haven't won a road game since that Illinois game. That's their only true road win. So you just look at they're not finding ways to win these road games. This is now becoming a problem for Coach Shrewsbury's squad. They did not play well on the road last season. Very different team. That team was not as talented as this team is. So Coach Shrewsbury still trying to build this program. But as you said, they're not finding ways to win on the road. He's mentioned a couple of times they got to find ways to limit these runs, handle these runs better. And I think something that's maybe frustrating for Coach Shrewsbury is he thought this team would handle runs really well by another team because of how much of a veteran team they are. They're the oldest team in the country, according to Ken. Palm. They are really veteran team that's played a lot of minutes. They have five, a thousand point scores on their team. They can score the basketball and it just looks like when they get here on the road, they just don't find ways to handle road environments very well. They're going to have some opportunities. As we said, they go to Minnesota. Minnesota is the worst team in the big 10. You have to win that game. If you want any chance at a must win, you, you go to Ohio state and Ohio state's been really bad over the yeah. last month. They're now under 500, just lost to Michigan today. So you look, that's probably, a winnable game. They go to Maryland next week, which is the next road game. That's going to be tough. Maryland's really good at home, so I wouldn't really expect Penn State to win that game, but you never know. They can get hot. I mean, you just got to look at the next game which was with Wisconsin at home. That's not a guarantee. They lost to Wisconsin out there. They've looked good at home, so you think they'd have a chance, but you know, they just have to find a way to win a road game. Everyone thought when they beat Illinois, it's like, oh, they finally know how to win a road game. Hopefully that will help them. It just has not translated into January and now February. And here's the funny thing about all of this, Adam, that we're talking about here. You know, we're I'm I'm not trying to trash this Penn State team, but I want to be realistic. Uh, I think that they're going to come out and they're going to beat the daylights out of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest, they, this team just responds well to adversity. Uh, they respond well to Coach Shrewsbury, which is why I don't want to see him go. I, I mean, the people that are ripping this team apart on the internet, you know, want want Micah fired and and they want the players to transfer out, and it's like. Okay, this team is they're on the outside looking in. We knew that Um, we knew that missing help in the front court was going to hurt them all season long. And it has. Uh, But Micah Shrewsbury is truly building a program from the ground up here. Um, He hasn't gotten to recruit all of his, you know, everybody in. And then he's a different program kind of leader where he, he wants his players to stick around. He's not as interested in the one and dones. Now, sure. I'm sure he would have taken, uh, you know, how many handful of five-star prospects, but he, he wants to build the program differently. And so I don't want him to, to leave. I don't want him to go to Notre Dame. I just want to put that out there. Uh, but I, I think this team, I think they beat Wisconsin. I, I really do. It's just the way that this team, when they get down and when they get beat bad, even though it was a nine, it's a three possession game, right? When they get beat down pretty bad, which they did, they they let some unsung heroes score a lot of points in this game, and, and they were down from start to finish. Penn State normally responds in this case. That's a primetime game uh, against Wisconsin, so there is no doubt in my mind that they get up for this one. Uh, and, and the Wisconsin game was close. They had them in the first half. They just couldn't close out. So I, I, I am really confident that they get the win, but even against the likes of, again, Northwestern still on the road. Um, you mentioned Ohio State. You mentioned Minnesota. I, I just can't chalk those up as guaranteed wins because they're on the road and, and because Penn State, I mean, again, you can beat anybody, but you can also lose at anybody.
Yeah, and you can't chalk it up as a win because they haven't done it. I think that's the problem. It's kind of hard for us to sit here and say, yeah, Minnesota's the worst team in the Big Ten. Minnesota's in a rebuild. But it's hard for you to believe Penn State's going to go win that game just because they haven't done it yet. You're going to want to see it before you can believe it. You can look at the Illinois game all you want, but it's just trying to figure that out. As you said, they're a team that responds well to adversity, so they have Wisconsin at home. And if Coach Shrewsbury was mad about the team and the defensive effort they gave at Rutgers, he'd be really mad about the defensive effort today was really easy for whatever Nebraska wanted in this game. So definitely going to be frustrated with the way they played defensively today. Expect a very good defensive effort against Wisconsin, who's not a great offensive team. So you think they could give that defensive effort there. Uh, But, you know, it's going to be about them bouncing back. We said they are a veteran team. They respond well to Coach Shrewsbury when he calls them out, when he challenges them. And he's definitely going to challenge them tomorrow and Tuesday, getting ready for that game on Wednesday against Wisconsin. So again, I'll, I'll finish with this question, Adam, uh, before I let you go here. Penn State obviously winning out would would <laughs> really boost the resume here, but that's uh, not not really the case of what's going to happen. Uh, it's ideal, but it's not going to happen here. Uh, what what can't have they happen? Uh, and I know going zero and eight <laughs> is clearly the case here, but which which wins do you think would secure them a better shot of being one of those final four teams that are in consideration here? I, I think they have to win this week against Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I think the win against Maryland would be huge if they can go to okay. Maryland and beat Maryland. That'd be a game where it kind of erases this Nebraska loss. Everyone's looking at this Nebraska loss because Nebraska's under five hundred, saying not a good loss. It actually comes out as a quad two loss, so they still have zero quad three or quad four losses. Only one quad three, quad four game left with Minnesota. So if they win that game, they'll be without any of those losses on their resume. It's just going to be about boosting it. So I think winning a road game either against Maryland or Ohio State or Northwestern is going to be huge for this team to find a way to boost that resume because everyone knows they can win at home. If they beat Rutgers at home, that's going to be huge because Rutgers is second in the Big Ten right now. They can beat Wisconsin. If they can beat Illinois at home because Illinois is playing really well right now. If you can beat those teams, you're going to be looking really good in the resume. So you just got to protect your home floor and then pick off beat Minnesota, and then maybe get Maryland, Ohio State, or Northwestern. And that resume is going to look good, and you're at least going to be sitting there when you're in Chicago for the Big Ten tournament saying, okay, we probably know how many games we're going to have to win in this tournament to be able to safely be in the NCAA tournament. Adam Sheets, Penn State Men's Basketball Insider with Penn State's Com Radio. Adam, how can people keep up with your personal work? At Sheets Adam on Twitter is where you'll find all the Penn State basketball needs you'll need as, again, Penn State trying to march forward to the NCAA tournament. All right, Adam, looking forward to our next conversation uh, after Penn State versus Wisconsin. Thanks for your time again, as always. Yep, thanks. Always a pleasure, Zach. Thanks again for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen every single day. You got to check out the brand new show, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't already subscribed to the Locked on Nittany Lions YouTube channel, we passed 850. Thank you so much for the support. Let's get to 900 before the NFL draft. We'll have more on Penn State football, these position breakdowns, more on the offense coming up, of course, the O-line, the wide receivers, and then flip it over to defense, and ultimately special teams, as that's going to have the biggest shakeup. More on Penn State men's basketball, of course, if they can somehow pull off a miracle and push their way into the NCAA tournament we'll still we're going to talk about it and penn state wrestling a sure thing in the world you know they beat ohio state no problem they beat indiana no problem uh it, it's just it's just too much winning for kale sanderson and we're going to talk about that more as well it'll all be right here 
on Locked On Nittany Lions.